<sighs> so blessed. So blessed to join together in the love of God as the love of God. So blessed to call forth more awareness, true awareness, complete awareness of our true identity. So grateful to take this breath, this breath of God, and know that it is God breathing us even now. So grateful to come together for the purpose of partnering up with the Holy Spirit, the higher self, and letting go of the past, letting go of every limiting thought, belief, idea. So grateful and so very, very, very thankful to open ourselves to an awareness of the fullness of love happening here and now. Hmm. Truly grateful. We declare that our time together is profoundly healing and nourishing. We declare that it is expansive and awakening, that our coming together is part of our ascension and it's dedicated to that and to the ascension and awakening of all beings everywhere. In gratitude, we share the benefits with all beings everywhere. We let it be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Yeah. So uh, as we're getting started here, just uh, an announcement that... Uh, Next week is actually our last class of the year. Seems amazing, uh, but it's true. And uh, I'd just like to start off this week before we jump into our curriculum. Uh, anybody have questions, thoughts, something they'd like to share or bring up? Uh, any kind of a thing at all, I'd just like to give you that opportunity, that space. Of course, you know it's always there, but uh, yeah, anyone. And anyone have any testimonials, any breakthroughs, breakdowns, anything you'd like to bring up or share? I'd like to ask Linda how she's doing and how Rudy is doing. Oh. <laughs> We're doing well. Um, I, I think that the work that I did the week between the last time he was in the hospital and yesterday um, helped me to deal with um, what happened yesterday and uh, everything worked out fine as far as he has no blockages and he's healing nicely. He's home today so um, he can rest up because <laughs> that was it was a really long day for him and um, I was able to, to notice the um, judgments that were coming up yesterday um, when we got there at six in the morning and they waited two hours before they drew blood from him 
and it was right before that he was supposed to be taken back for his surgery. And um, when they did his blood work, his blood sugar level was 32, which it's supposed to be normally between 120 and 140 for a diabetic. So it was super low. And um, so he almost didn't get to have the surgery yesterday. And I was like, <clears throat> I immediately could feel that irritation coming up, like this should not be happening. You know, they should have tested his blood sugar level when he first got here to see what it was and, uh, and not waited for two hours. But I, um, I felt like I was able to acknowledge that feeling coming up and those thoughts coming up. And um, once he did go into surgery, I went for a nice brisk walk outside. It was really cold. So <laughs> it was helpful. And um, yeah, so I feel like it, I was able to, to process what was happening as it was happening and don't feel any residuals from it today. I'm grateful for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, I can feel as you're talking about that, Linda, what a difference that is for you. Mm -hmm. And just the level of self-care that you went for the walk. Wow. Yeah. And I almost didn't go because uh, when they took him back and they went to the waiting room, uh, I told there was a gentleman at the desk that like calls people when um, the doctors are coming out or whatever. And um, he said, well, you really shouldn't leave. <laughs> and I said, I have to leave. <laughs> I really have to go for a walk right now. So, so yeah. So I missed when they came out, um, but it was okay. I got there like five minutes after they came out and he was just getting into his room when I got up to his room. And I felt so much better because I'd gone for a walk. I went and got coffee, went to the bathroom, you know, just instead of just being in that feeling of that should not have happened. Right. So, yeah, it was a big shift. Wow. Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's thanks to you guys because I, I still I can feel that 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 feeling of being held by this community is um, beautiful and overwhelming. It's so it just touches my heart. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it is uh, it is noticeably felt that. People all over the world are playing, praying at all different times of day for the whole community. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And speaking of praying for people all over the world, we, Sean had her um, thyroid removal surgery this morning. Sean, who's in year three, and he is one of the champions. Uh, so we, we bless her and love her. Yeah. She's going to be in the hospital overnight. So I know she would appreciate texts and messages. Yeah. 
Jennifer? Rich. Uh, also, you know, thinking about being in the hospital, you know, my brother who lives across the street from us here and who I've become, my always two years older, but we've come really close since we moved out here. So he had uh, surgery this morning on his shoulder. Uh, he had had a tour, some ligaments, and there was quite a bit of discussion whether he should go through with the surgery or not and, you know, that kind of thing. But uh, so we've been in prayer about that and had a candle burning for him. And we talked to his wife this morning and the surgery went well. So he, they're supposed to be, he's supposed to be coming home. And so um, I think it's, it has the, um, the story around it is that it's a painful recovery period. So we're, we're hoping that it won't be. But if it is, uh, you know, we appreciate prayers and support around that. So uh, we're, they're thankful that the surgery went well and, and hopefully the recovery will be what it's supposed to be, whatever that is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know quite a few people who've had very successful shoulder surgery. Yeah. Our shoulders are very important to us, mm -hmm. which I can't remember your brother's name, Rich. I've oh. had his name is Bob. Bob, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll keep Bob in our prayer. Robin? Thank you. Go along in the same line. Lana's mother had surgery yesterday, and she would like prayers as well. She is staying with her mom, and um, yeah. So. She had the surgery yesterday? Yes. So she's in a lot of pain and still very groggy and it's an uncomfortable time. Yeah. Yeah. Bless them both. Yeah. For that Robin. Mm -hmm. And those who remember Alison Ponsetti, her mother is having a, an experience with um, cancer. And, uh, and Allison's really been her caretaker. So if you were ever a prayer partner to Allison, uh, her number hasn't changed. I invite you to reach out to her. Thanks, everybody. Anybody else have anything they'd like to bring up or share? Robin, and then Carla. Uh, well, I just want to share as far as a, um, just a wonderful experience um, in feeling the presence. And I always seem to have it when I'm with my granddaughters because that's where, oh, I just feel so called to be present. And it brings that practice right up close. And certainly that's what I want at all times, but I feel it so much with them. And uh, the procrastinator that I am, and it all came up very, you know, I usually pick them up after school on Mondays. Um, I, we needed to change it to Friday. And then um, mom and dad, my daughter and son-in-law were both going to have to be at work the next day. So it was a no-brainer that they sleep over, but they don't do that often. I mean, we're in the same town, and I see them a lot. And so I was like, oh, man, I wish I had the Christmas tree ready to, have, to be their first, their 10 and 7. And that didn't happen, and I was feeling disappointed. And 
I picked them up and as we were coming home, it started snowing. And I will tell you, the weekend was just magical. And every, my husband was here, so the four of us were together. And I just, I didn't have to do anything. <laughs> yeah. What a blessing. What a blessing. I can just imagine how much those girls enjoy you and your husband. It, it's, um, yeah, uh, we, uh, I'll just share that a few months ago when we were eating snack one afternoon, I said, uh, we sit together and uh, I said, um, oh, I have an idea. What if we, what if we play a gratitude game and we start with the alphabet? And they were like on it like a flea on a cat. And so, you know, for the next few Mondays, we would play the gratitude game. And we hadn't done it in a long time. And actually, Karen inspired me talking about her granddaughters and stuff. And I said, doing a ceremony with them. And I said, yeah, I need to do, I wanted to. So part of the end of our time together when their dad was coming to pick them up is we sat for like 45 minutes playing the gratitude alphabet game and laughing and it, it was sweet. So the whole time was sweet. I could tell you each little segment, but I won't. So my next thing, and I'll stop, is that I'm getting this understanding, I think, about I need do nothing. Yeah. And what I'm finding out, or now, you know, this is my insight, and it comes when I'm ready to hear it, so it may just fall flat on you guys, but I'm sharing it with you because it really feels exciting to me if I can hold on and keep it. And that is uh, just staying in gratitude and love and focusing on Holy Spirit. I don't, I don't even have to pray about help me with this or I'm holding this in the light. I'm just like, thank you, God. Just thank you, thank you, thank you. And it just takes me to this resting place. And, and I will tell you, I've got a lot of resistance and there's lots of unknowns and all that stuff is going on, but I'm not living in the past or the future like I used to. And this little new way of thinking about I need do nothing and just going to a place of resting in spirit is feeling really hopeful. And uh, at least it brings me peace in the moment more and more often. Yeah. And then I find out that things happen and I didn't have to do anything. So I just, you know, that's it. Thank you. <laughs> Beautiful. I love that. I'm going to do that with, with the, the folks in my family, gratitude A to Z. I love that. Yeah. It's, it's a wonderful way to bring your loved ones or, together. Did, really. they, did they say anything that um, 
surprised you? No, but I loved it when I heard them say things like family. You know, they were gratitude, were grateful for family. They were grateful for God. Uh, this was the seven-year-old. Um, so some of their words just touched me. Yeah. You know, and when they said they were grateful for mom and dad and grand, that's me. <laughs> you know, the first time going around with G. And, uh, of course, then the second one said granddad right on cue. That was cool. So, yeah. Real sweet moments. Real funny moments. Beautiful. Yeah. So beautiful. Thank Where's you. I'm just going to just uh, dovetail on to what Robin said, because, you know, we've done gratefuls uh, at mealtime with our family, all versions of our family. And, um, and, and last night was our daughter Katie's birthday. And um, so we did gratefuls. And what was really interesting to me was the, the nuances that the, that the little kids have now. They used to say, I'm grateful. Well, they still say, I'm grateful for this yummy dinner and so forth. But then they'll think of things that uh, really happened to them during the day that are much more nuanced, much more, even things that we didn't even know about sometimes. And, and so it is that sense of uh, inviting them and to model it ourselves, but to invite them to the practice of mindfulness of what they're really grateful for. And, and they say so they're very, well, it's not so surprising. It has been surprising that the level of, uh, and mindfulness and introspection that they can have just little kids that are three or five or six, you know, they really do that if they've given that opportunity and that encouragement to practice. So that's been, uh, that's been really, um, I'm grateful for that. And, and uh, this one up here, this person that's making faces behind me is, is primarily responsible for that, but um, we're grateful for her too. The one who's got your back. The one who's got my back. <laughs> yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. I'll add on to that, that when uh, Rob and I were talking uh, about doing the uh, gra gratitudes alphabetically, um, it came to me just the idea, we're going to have our grandkids this weekend for a couple of days while their parents move. And so I'm going to put a big piece of butcher block paper on the long, long dining room table and some coloring supplies. And we're just going to, we're going to draw all, as things come up and I'm going to put the letters on there and then they can fill in the things that they're grateful for, which I thought would be a lot of fun. I'm trying to think of as many things to do with them while they're here that um, I enjoy and that they'll enjoy. And uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And then I, I have a testimonial uh, and that is um, that practice of picking someone and then spending five minutes a day praying for their happiness, seeing them as wholly healed, abundant, joyful, and playful is really working for me. I like it a lot. <laughs> and um, I love that practice. In yeah. fact, yeah, in fact, I think it's, it's, a, it's a really beautiful pra beginning practice for uh, year one for finding freedom people. Yeah, I agree. Uh, well, just ongoing. And then um, last week after our phone call, I was just experiencing, I thought, uh, or after our class, um, I, I really, really loved the idea of focusing next year on miracle mindedness. And uh, the examples you were giving about miracles in terms of Anna Marie's 
eyes and uh, and certainly I could testify about the change in my relationship with my daughter Jen but uh, in my conversation with Robin this week you know I would I personally would like to keep a miracle journal and miracles in my mind for me and my practice have certainly the ones that are big like that seem big like what has happened with our daughter Jen are Enormous. Those are because relationships are so much about where healing occurs. Also, what I'm aware now are those really little subtle shifts that I'm making moment by moment when I feel tempted to say something in judgment and just stop Mm -hmm. and instead send love. Uh, To me, that's those that's miracle is so transformative for me yeah willing to feel a resistance come up yeah and stepping back and saying hmm now i'm going to be curious what is that about that's a miracle for me yeah. so and i have always i got so excited after that class last week thinking about doing that in this group because i think that to be students of a course in miracles means giving testimonials about the ever-present nature of miracles in direct relationship to our willingness. And so I always enjoy hearing other people's testimonials. I get something out of every single one. So to have a group who's really committed to sharing miracle-mindedness and so on is thrilling to me. Ah, beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you. I love that. And say it again. It's, it's, you see them as being happy. What? Well, happy, holy, playful, enjoyable. Let's see. Happy, holy, healed, abundant, joyful, and playful. Happy, holy, healed, abundant, joyful, playful. Got it. I think I'm going to write a blog about that. I love your blogs. There's been so much, so much good stuff in them, Jennifer. Aw, thank you. Really enjoying them. Thank you. So this, this morning's was particularly, I wrote you a note back. This morning's was particularly helpful in terms of the issue of time. Or maybe it was yesterday. I don't have enough time. And the, and the, the eternal, the eternalness of it all. So, you know, if you realize that it's eternal, then there's no, you know, you have enough time. I'm telling you, time was one of the biggest, I I used to call it a bugaboo. I don't know where that word comes from, technical term. I haven't forgotten you, Carla. Uh, But time was the biggest, one of the biggest things for me, and it really accelerated when I was in ministerial school. And that's one of the things I'll say in the class tonight, is that uh, I was, because I was a full-time ministerial student, and I was working full-time, And um, so it was just a lot for me. And um, I, and of course I had a spiritual practice too. So in an exercise regime and all the things that a a busy person will have. And um, I said so many times to my prayer partners, I feel like I'm running in front of a train with 10,000 things to do. And I feel like it's going to run me over. And I said that so many 
times. And I would often refer to the 10,000 things to do. Well, I one day in my, my morning practice, I was being contemplative and uh, working with the course, and it just came into my mind, I'm eternal. Why am I deluding myself into thinking that I don't have enough time when time is not a thing? It's an illusion. How can I have not enough of an illusion? Doesn't even make sense. It's not even logical. There's no part of it that makes any sense whatsoever. If you are willing to recognize this is not a, a, a real concept, time. I mean, it's not a real construct. It's or that's not the right thing. It's not a real thing. It's a construct. It's a concept. And, and the only way I can experience time is I have to agree to it. So if I'd like to come out of time, I have to stop agreeing to it. And so I started to have experiences where time slowed way down or it seemed to just become so bendable. And um, those are the things that really showed me, yeah, what would you like to have your experience be? So I was talking about that in the radio show this week. I, I'm doing two parts going over, two episodes going over the rules for decision, the Holy Spirit's uh, rules for decision. And uh, so the first rule for decision from the Holy Spirit is uh, at the beginning of your day, uh, decide what kind of day you'd like to have and then put the Holy Spirit in charge of it. And so it really, it just, it changed my mind. I obviously don't have any more time now than I had then. And I have way more things to do now than I did then, way more. And, uh, but I, I just, I do the best I can every day. And uh, it's amazing how God rearranges and arranges things uh, to help me and assist me and the whole team. And, um, and I just, I don't let it bother me when there's not enough time. It just doesn't, it doesn't catch me. It doesn't bother me. Sometimes the only time it ever really bothers me is when I'm make, trying to make a plane. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only time it really bothers me is when I've got a plane to catch and uh, something's going on. But, you know, I missed my plane the other day going to Buffalo and uh, what happened was um, the driver dropped me. I was, uh, the driver didn't know the area and we ran into construction and we were trying to get, you know how it is sometimes you're trying to get through or around something and everything is blocking. And every time you think, well, I'll go around this way. Oh, I can't go around that way. I'll go around this. Oh, I can't go around that way. So we had that experience and it put us about, 15, 20 minutes behind schedule. And I thought, well, this is a small plane to Buffalo from Newark. Not a lot of baggage and stuff. I've got 45 minutes once I get to the airport. They'll probably be able to put the bag on. And if they can't, they can't. We'll figure it out. So, um, so I got there and I saw a red cap right away. So I was like waving my $10 bill, help me. And he came right over and helped me. And he walked me up to the special assistance counter and, um, you know, explained the situation. I was uh, late checking in. And um, she said, well, you're at the wrong terminal. 
He said, so I, I can't, we can't do it because you're at the wrong terminal. If you were at the right terminal, we could do it, but we can't do it from here because we can't get your bag. We could get you to the plane on time, but we can't get your bag to the plane on time and, and check it in. So uh, what would you like to do? I said, well, what's the next flight? Can you put me on that? And so she looked, there was a seat. She said, sure, we'll do, we'll do that. And we'll take your bag here and we'll take it over to the terminal for you. So you can just take the shuttle and go over to the next terminal, which I did. And the next flight was... I don't know, an hour, 90 minutes later, something like that. And then there was enough time and just made dinner late. And Sue, who's in year two, was hosting me. She just rolled with it and it was all good. But, um, but I didn't get really particularly bothered or worried. And why did it happen? I don't know. But I just, as I walked away from the counter where I checked my bag, I just said, well, there's got to be some reason why I'm supposed to be on this flight and not the other one. So... God made it so, and so it is. And so, you know, it just, it, I, I just roll with things like that now, always remembering that everything is working together for my good. There are no exceptions. I'm not affected by time. Time has no effect on me unless I would like it to, in which case I could always say, yes, I'd like to be affected by time, but I don't wish to be affected by time. And I'm, I'm, I'm a person, you know, there's a certain personality that, uh, and I think it might be a type eight thing. I always try to do a little too much. So I think I've got three minutes before I leave the house. That's enough time to do this. But it's not. That thing takes seven minutes, not three minutes. And now I'm five minutes late. I, I seem to somehow do that a lot. And that's one of the things that I'm um, working on, giving to the Holy Spirit. I misjudge time a lot. I think, oh, this is going to take me an hour, and then it takes me three hours. So um, I'd like to be a better judge of time since I'm not time-bound anymore. <laughs> it's interesting to play with. But I'm telling you, it reduced the weight. It took the weight right off of me to re really say, I'm eternal. And it also is... When I was in my 20s, I had such a strong belief, like a lot of young people do, that if I didn't accomplish certain things by the time I was 30, I was a loser. I was a loser, and I was wasting my life, and I was a hack, you know. Um, my grandfather, as a salesman, he used to say, there's three kinds of people, workers, shirkers and jerkers and you have to decide which one you're going to be you know and for, for him shirkers and jerkers he just like get out of my way get out of my way let me get my work done and um and he met a lot of shirkers and jerkers i'm sure as a salesman and as a regional manager for sales teams and stuff like that and as the president of his own company but um So, uh, yeah, I, I, like a lot of people, my ego in my 30s was really, you know, trying to grab onto something because I just felt like I wasn't as successful as I should be. You know, I wasn't as pretty as I wanted to be. I wasn't as fit as I wanted to be, even though I was running marathons and doing all kinds of things in my later 20s. 
I, I, I hadn't seen the world yet, you know, I hadn't made a million dollars yet, and I wasn't the president of something. But um, I just decided to, that I, I, that wasn't going to be my life. You know, and it was big e ego death. Just deciding, you know, those things I, I had, I tried to my best to get everything I thought that would make me feel qualified, validated, uh, and it just, it didn't work. So I decided, you know, that clearly doesn't work. There's got to be a better way. You know, and it took me a long time to find it, but, but I did find it. We're glad you did. <laughs> me too. Me too. You know, I tell you, I love doing the one-on-ones with everybody. And, um, you know, not everybody had an amazing, miraculous year this year. Um, and some people, you know, they blew their hair back. And some people just had some real important, valuable shifts and changes. And everybody has their own unique experiences, you well know by now. You know, I talked to someone in... You know, I talk to someone every day who is, especially in year one, the people are just, they're weeping and so grateful and so happy. And, um, and it's my job to make sure they understand that they're the ones who did it, not me. They did it. You know, but someone told me this week that uh, this year they, they, decide, they decided to really um, – look at self-medication and so they decided that when they were feeling pulled to self-medicate they would just pause and say what's this really about what is it i'd really like and they they really started to realize that and they dropped 21 pounds this year with no program i just think that's so great you know, it's such a sense of, uh, you know, loving themselves and accomplishment. It's beautiful. All right. Carla. Hmm. Oh, did I? Um, second. Sorry, Carla. Sean said that she was in her, ho her hotel room, her hospital room, and everything went well. And um, pathology results will be in on Wednesday. Sorry, Carla. Hmm. It's interesting. I used to feel impatient and disturbed when all this stuff would happen, when it would be, I was next or whatever. And I, I'm really grateful for all the shares and your share, everything that I know was exactly perfect for me. So to hear. Um, I think it was very helpful for exactly what I'm going through. I'm going, I know I'm going, to, I'm going through a big healing myself that, um, and I'm really shifting that, the, looking at appearances like cold or something and uh, and knowing that something's come up for healing 
And I'm starting to, I don't know if I'm going there first yet. Um, but I, and I've always been afraid of beginning sick. So I'd always avoid people, right? I'd always try to manage and control everything. And, um, and it's, I'm, and right now, my roommate is sick. <laughs> Healing's coming up. I know it is. So, but, um, and I'm, and I'm not, it's not that I'm going and giving her a hug and a kiss and, and <laughs> doing stuff, but I'm, I'm listening to guidance, what I should do, you know? And even sometimes, like when she wanted to hang out and watch TV, and I, I, I was afraid of saying because I felt like it's not only it's guidance, really, it's accepting myself where I am, and I just felt, and I don't, and I think it is, it was guidance, but I said, you know, I'm really tired. I just made all this food for her. You know, I don't like to I prefer not to spend a lot of time in the kitchen. I cook in like 15 minutes, and I spent like two hours cooking all her stuff, getting it for her. So, and it was one, because she had food, and two, so she didn't have to be in the kitchen. <laughs> but that's okay. And, um, and I was I sat with not, you know, not wanting to tell her, and... And I just told her, and I didn't have any, I don't know if I had any judgment, if it was totally on, but I did it, and I, and she was very open to it, and today, she said she thinks she has strep, <laughs> and, um, and she's really very, being most considerate of me, and, um, um, and, and, Normally, I would, like I said, I'd try to manage control. I have this thing I paid for months ago, starting tomorrow. And it's for three days, and it's 33 hours long in three days. So it's real. So I'm, I can feel that I'm afraid. I can feel that I'm, I'm just, you know what? If that's, if that's what's helpful, I mean, I, can think like I can manage and control, but if it was helpful for me to get sick, I can't change God, God's plan for, I don't want to even try to change it because I've done it all my life. And, um, and I can feel something in my body and I get the opportunity all the time to do this, drink water, <laughs> do stuff. And um, I don't know, I just, I feel even the tears come up because I think it, it's what I'm really kind of nervous about saying is I think it has to do with, it's all part of, not that it has to do with, but it's all part of the car thing. The not being, not having the control, the, the freedom, what I'm telling myself is the freedom, but it's not that, but it's the thinking of that. And um, and and it's so amazing 
I've told people, and I have asked people for support and rides and stuff. My roommate has done it, but you know, and uh, she's very said, you know, she can't do it tomorrow. I'm really grateful for her willingness to be present with that. But and it's so amazing. People call me and ask me if I need a ride places. And it's like, I'm really extreme. It's so, such a, yeah, I, I said today, but I think it's already happening, mm -hmm. the prove God thing that I told people, it's like when I was, <clears throat> had this experience, I'm really going on and on, but I had this experience back in like April or something where it's something, this came, I'm trying to put it in words, but it was not words. Like, are you willing to stay here, garden, be comfortable, and and just live in that, you know, similarity, sameness? Or are you willing to shift to a new level? And I said, I'm willing. <laughs> and I really need a lot of support. And I think it's happening, right, with all this stuff, with my housemate being open to stuff, my little, you know, anxieties and people call me up and um, offer me rides. And even when someone, I got, I was going to give, give my car to this person, I did, it didn't feel right. And so I waited and someone told me, oh, you can donate your car. And I tried to do that and it's not happening. And I'm even allowing that, that not happening stuff. And uh, and I just you know, let someone else deal with it. I tried dealing with it for a week, and someone said they're willing to do it for me. I gave him the title, and I'm like just allowing stuff, allowing, allowing, allowing so much more stuff. And I don't know what's gonna happen next. And it seems like, <laughs> I mean, I can see the fear thoughts come up. Um, and some, and they're, I don't say I let, get rid of them totally, but I'm okay with whatever I do, whatever I do. Um, cause I was reading this thing, of course, I love it. It's, it, it's, can I read it? It's like one, one paragraph. Please. I, maybe two paragraphs. Um, okay. I have to find out my phone. It's really, I texted it. Um, to myself, and I've been reading it to I've been finding people to read it to. Um, okay. Realize that your desire for your life to be different, your desire for your unhappiness to be gone, is very unlikely in truth to stem from the details of your life. Even so, you are not called to accept what you do not like, but to accept that you don't like whatever it is you don't like. Then, and only then, when you have accepted how you feel, can you respond truly. Only when you have accepted how you feel do you quit labeling 
good or bad. Only then can you deal with anything from a sense of peace. So true. And thank you for the opportunity to read it again today. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. Right? We have to give, when we give ourselves the opportunity to feel how we feel, then we can realize where our thinking is not helpful to us and we can let it go. But when we're in denial of our feelings, yeah, we're just in, we're in denial of our healing. Everything okay there, Carla? Oh, hang on a second. Oh. Go ahead. Yes, someone called and I just uh, told my comb back. I just, thank yeah. you. Okay, I just wasn't sure if something happened. Yeah, no. Big changes, Carla. And you know, it's so amazing because even when I said it, my mind is going like, oh, you're not doing that. That's, that's not true. Uh, whatever. All that stuff, right? You know what? Okay, whatever. You know, I hear you or what. You know, it could be even true. I'm not interested in that anymore. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting about the, uh, also what you were talking about with your roommate having, uh, being sick and possibly having strep, uh, which if she does have strep, I hope she is going to get some help with that because that's rough. I used to get strep so much when I was a kid. Um, you know, one of the things that uh, uh, I notice is, uh, for instance, I really love essential oils and I really love herbs, herbal uh, nutrition from the Amazon, you know, that pure organic uh, Amazon nutrition. And so I order from a company that has herbs from the Amazon and I order medicinal essential oils. And like when you see me doing this, I've put oils on my hands and I'm just, you know, diffusing them into my, to my um, sinuses and things like that. It's one of the ways I keep my sinuses clear and, um, and it's just healthful and whatnot, nurturing to my sinuses. So, um, uh, both of these companies, and I would think that like essential oils and and I know some of these companies, the herb company, that they they have a spiritual attitude towards it, and uh, that these these products are a higher vibration, and and uh, they're not uh, Western medicine. They're they're nutrition from the earth and healing from the earth. But they still send me all kinds of emails at this time of year saying, you know, protect yourself. It's cold and flu season. You know, and I've written to the companies and said, what do you mean cold and flu season? It's colds and flus don't have a season. 
let's let's dissolve the idea that colds and flus have a season and that we're going to be subject to it year after year let's let's release that idea please um and today my niece got up and she's got a cold and um you know this is the time of year when i need my voice so much <laughs> doing all these one-on-ones you know and um and I'm recording more videos and things like that. So it's challenging for me and that the hot air is challenging for me. But one of the things I really have learned is um, I don't try to protect myself from germs and things like that. I don't give that any credence. And I know that if I do become ill, it's for my highest good. It's time for me to rest and I will rest. And um, it, and that's really helped me. And I do notice that uh, I I still have stuff that happens in my sinuses, in my throat every year. But I I really take it always as a chakra clearing. In my between my high heart chakra and my throat chakra and my third eye, that this is the area where I'm clearing the most stuff, so I can be the the most clear in my heart in my throat communicating and in my ability to discern so everything is working together for my good i just really i mean why do some people get sick and other people don't get sick is it because of their immune system or is it because of something else and it, does it mean we're doing something wrong if we get sick? I just, I'd like to get rid of all that thinking from my experience. So I, I, I really applaud you there, Carla, for uh, being willing to look at all of that. So ingrained in us that germs cause illness and things like that. And that we're going to get sick and if we're exposed to things. Yeah. Any other thoughts? Linda. <laughs> so I was just thinking about when you said that because um, I mean I have been in and out of hospitals and doctors offices for the last couple of months over and over and over again and um, I mean I'm taking stuff to to boost my immune system but mostly because of the the intensity of it and the stress that's associated with it I haven't really even once thought about the fact that I was there, that I would be exposed to germs that would make me sick. And I haven't been sick at all. So thank you for um, pointing that out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I just think it's, if, if we do get sick, it's, <clears throat> I always take it now. It's a clearing in my chakras. It's bringing me benefit. It's time mm -hmm. for me to rest. And make no other meaning than that. Oh, I have something. I just can't wait. I used to work in a mall as a security guard for like seven years. 
right? And I used to hold the banisters and touch things, and I got it dawned on me that do I imagine that there's nobody ever that goes to the mall that's sick, right? I'm I'm probably, I mean, whether or not they're real, or I'm constantly, and I realized I did not get sick. I did not think about it. I did not worry about it. That's really the biggest key is our blocks to same thing happening, thinking it can't, this is going to happen. And I realized I've shown, actually, you didn't get sick any more than normal, you know? Uh, and it's true. For seven years, I was probably constantly, because I, even then, I was probably had, I always touched the banisters, you know? And I probably was, you know, doesn't matter, didn't matter. So, I don't know, that was shown to me, too. So, I think it's what you, what, like what Sunlinda was saying. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, if anything, I would think that would really strengthen your immune system. I always think of that, you know, like I don't use all those antibacterial soaps. I don't even want to touch that stuff ever. You know, I don't want that because the minute you put it on your skin, it's on its way to your heart. I just don't want it in my body. Yeah, I just don't need it. I don't see a use for it, so. Hey, Jerry, I don't know if you can share, but you being on all those planes, can I unmute you there, Jerry? Oh, yeah. Hi. Hi. It's good to hear your voice. Yeah, you too. Thank you. Uh, what was the question? Well, we What's were just talking about being exposed to germs that might make us sick. And you have a lot of experience on planes of being around people in a controlled environment where the air's recycling and re uh, yeah. how, how do you hold it in your mind? Yeah, well, I just, um, I make sure that I wash my hands um, and I wear gloves whenever I have to um, pick up trash. And, but more importantly, I just make, I, I make sure if I'm coming up on like a five day block or four day block, um, even on my layovers, I just make sure I get plenty of rest and I eat well. Um, that's, I'm very, I've gotten very disciplined in that because I know if I don't, if I try to push the envelope, I um, don't feel well. It, it, and um, when I open, when your immune system is low, you that's when you, you know, when you're tired and you haven't eaten well. And um, that's when you open yourself up to infection. That's, right what I believe. Um, so I, uh, it happens before I get on the plane, actually. Um, and I just, uh, yeah, I, I do wash my hands a lot and um, wear gloves. And uh, so, so, yeah, I do step up to keep myself healthy and I, uh, my awareness is on. And then technically no one can come on the plane if they, um, have any sort of fever or are um, visually sick. And if they say they have strep, you know, that's enough for us to um, have them get off the plane because mm. they're going to get everybody sick around them. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I don't like those uh, um, uh, antibacterial soaps either, Jennifer. <laughs> and they're all over the plane. We, we, the company gives us tons of those. I prefer not to use those either. 
I wash my hands in the in the in the restroom that we have there. As small as it is, I I can still wash my hands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but sleep um, sleep and um, eating well um, leads to um, feeling well. <laughs> yeah, I, you know what I hear in that, Jerry, is self love. Yeah, love is the healer. And self-love is healing. The only time I ever really get sick is when I'm pushing the envelope. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it just means, oh, girl, time for a little self-love. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, That's if right. I remember that and live that way all the time, then I don't have to relearn it and relearn it and relearn it. How are you, Jerry? Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm doing doing very well. Thank you. It's nice that I was able to be on the call this today. Yes. Um, usually I, I've been working, you know, this is our busy season ever yeah. since November. And and uh, anyway, this is airline talk, but I, um, I bid down. I'm normally a line holder, but in order to get the holidays off, I bid down to reserve. And uh, when you're reserved, you just really don't have any rights. <laughs> they call you and they use you and they work you to the max. Meaning, uh, get off one trip, you're thinking to go home, but then they tag you. Oh, you're not going home yet. In fact, you're going up to Anchorage. <laughs> so, um, any rate, but the upside is uh, um, I, I was able to get Christmas Eve and Christmas Day off. If I hadn't bit down, I would not have been able to get that. Ah. Any rate, but it was nice that um, I uh, saw that I could be on the call. But no, I, 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 um, I am doing well. I, I've been experiencing a lot of uh, growth. Um, and I really resonated what you had to say, Jennifer, about, and Carla, your conversation, about, um, uh, you know, when you're triggered, you know, and feeling those feelings that you don't like, what, we're, what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. However, one thing, it, you know, it's, it's um, to me, I, what I've been working on is feeling those feelings that I don't like. Because there's a lot of opportunities on the plane to get triggered. And it's a, gr- it's a really good healing ground oh, with yeah. the passengers. And even though the, the other crew that I work with, um, yeah. it, it, it provides that fertile ground. And uh, the other step I've been trying to do, I don't do it all the time, but I know it's helpful is when I get triggered and I feel those feelings of uh, rejection or hurt or anger um, are feeling taken advantage of, which is a big trigger of mine, feeling that I'm being used or being taken advantage of. I feel that. And then um, I ask for help. I ask for help. And then the next step I take is, okay, Jerry, what is it that you do want? You know, what feeling is that I want, you know, what feeling is what I do want? And it's usually the opposite of what I'm feeling. Okay, I want the opposite. Okay, I want to be in harmony. I want to, I want good relating with this person. I want to be in harmony. I I want my mind at peace. So I I tell myself what I do want after I know what I don't want. Okay. And then I, um, I asked myself, okay, how does that feel when you're harmonizing with this person? 
it feels good. I feel light. I feel um, better. I feel I'm in flow. Uh-huh. And then I try to see that. And then what happens is I see that person in that way, even though maybe physically we're not there yet. However, the feelings are there because I'm producing those feelings. So I, I'm able to show up differently toward her. I see her differently versus um, the, if I hadn't done that little exercise that I'm talking about, focusing on how I feel. And then it's kind of what Katie Byron does. Um, but I go, I go into the feelings, you know, um, I take that, I take that extra step saying, okay, I want harmony. I want good relating. And how does that feel when I have that? So I try to embody those feelings and then I'm able to show up differently. It's a discipline I've been working on and and it's been helpful. I see the shift. I see the miracle. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. And good Lord, Jerry, you have abundant practice. (laughs) I really do. And I, I look at these passengers and I'm thinking, gosh, it's because of you. I have a job. When they come on, it's, it's because of you. And I do the demo and I put the oxygen mask over my mouth and I do a big breathe in and I do a big breathe out thinking, okay, I'm going to take in your energy and I'm going to give out good energy. So, and I, and I look at all of them when I'm in front of the demo thanking them because I, I have a great job and I love this job. And because of them, I have this job. So I do that and that, and that, um, not only do I feel better, I, I show up better for them too. And, uh, yeah. Uh, but however, you know, some of these triggers, so yeah, <laughs> they get yeah. the better of me. <laughs> yeah, so, well, you're having a human experience and that just sounds like such a beautiful practice, Jerry. Mm-hmm. You know, the other thing I do when I'm on a plane, of course, I call the angels to help us all. Uh, Cause I know there's so many people who are afraid of flying or they're afraid they're, they're freaked out by what they're flying to or what they're flying from. You know, I wrote a blog about that many years ago because I was at a, um, some of you may have read it about the angel at the Burger King. I was getting breakfast at the Burger King in the airline terminal uh, somewhere, uh, maybe at LAX uh, many years ago. And um, it literally was like 530 in the morning. You know, and it was just a line of people who were mostly kind of quiet and sullen. And um, the woman behind the counter, you know, who's making so little money, you know, Burger King. And every single customer, she'd say, good morning. How are you this morning? What can I do for you? What would you like? You know, what are you going to have for breakfast today? She was just, and this was like a woman that, I just felt like she was probably a single mom. You know, she was African-American. She, I mean, who would take that job at the Burger King at the airport at 5.30? You know, she probably has to get there at 4.30 or 4 o'clock in the morning 
unless you had kids that you loved so much, right? Why would you ever do that unless you had children that you loved so much? And she still could be so friendly and chipper. And, you know, with all these people, and I know how travelers can be. They're afraid. They're worried. And I just started thinking about all the people that were standing in line that maybe they're going to a funeral. Maybe they're coming from a funeral. Maybe they just said goodbye to their brother or their sister or their mother or their father or their grandchild or something. And they know they're never going to see them again, but they've got to go back to work or they've got to go back to their responsibilities. Or maybe that's what they're flying to. So many people are in that situation. And, uh, and she was just such a sweet angel. Mm-hmm. Such a sweet angel. Mm-hmm. Blessing so many people every day over and over and over again she she and and it was not rote that was the thing that was so remarkable about it it's 5 30 in the morning but it wasn't rote you know she was genuine with each person they could tell by the inflection in her voice <sighs> amazing bodhisattva yeah and she she makes she can make somebody's day for sure you know? She made my day. The impact, um, yeah, the impact she had. And she probably realized the impact she had on people. And I know the impact I have on people when I got 200 people coming on the plane at, you know, at 5.30 in the morning. You know, just telling them, thank you for getting up so early to get this flight. And they look at me, oh, yeah, yeah, you too. I'm glad you got up too, <laughs> you know, and and I just know I, when they come on, I'm the first person they see, or maybe the third or fourth person, but um, I know I have that power to set the tone. And I said, okay, what, what, do, I, what, I, what do I want to put out there in the universe? Yeah. You know, I certainly don't want to put any negative stuff. I certainly want to put out what I want to live. Yeah. And uh, it's amazing. Um, I'm in that position to have such a huge impact yeah so it feels purposeful anyway yeah yeah it sure it feels that to me too good good gosh almighty <laughs> yeah it's a blessing. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, we, in the time we have left, what I would love to bring up to everyone, does anybody else have anything they want to share? All right. So we're, we're, for those, regardless of what you're, you're doing next year in terms of our class, uh, there, I'm, inviting everyone to uh, do the activation sessions, uh, which uh, you'll have an opportunity to sign up for those. And uh, in that activation session, you will have an opportunity to recognize the challenge that you would like to work on, if indeed you would like to do that, which I feel pretty certain you all would. And that, uh, and to really look at what is that challenge, 
what are the um, effects of that challenge, what would be the benefits of removing that challenge, and how would it feel to really live your life without that challenge. That, that's a, the main thrust of the activation session. Uh, and what I'd like to uh, begin the year with is really, okay, we're doing this. We're going to commit to eliminating some challenge by changing our mind, not by working in form. There may be things that we're guided to do, as we all know, but really working at the level of the mind to remove the biggest challenges that we in our assessment, what are the biggest challenges that have the greatest impact on us so we can have the greatest uh, experience of freedom next year. So it's a really, really practical year next year. And it's going to be this way across the board in Mass for Living. I'm really feeling guided and directed to have uh, everybody having uh, extraordinary, miraculous demonstrations. Uh, to feel more empowered, and um, uh, I am also looking at uh, some books that uh, we'll be looking at that I found really enjoyable to read, uh, very inspiring to read, uh, that I haven't talked about at all, working with some of the teachings of the Far East Masters, and so I'll be sending you links to those books we're we're figuring out some things with our Amazon bookstore. Amazon made some changes, so we're we're figuring that out uh, in the next few days. Um, and uh, again, I'm doing a three-hour class on January first. I'm really inviting you to uh, come to that if you're coming at my New Year's reboot class. And we're going to uh, in that three hours. We're gonna do some real work in the class and we'll do some breakouts and things like that. And um, so uh, anybody like to, uh, we, I, I know that uh, only I think Linda and Carla have done the activation sessions, but if you just tune within here and what is the biggest challenge to you in your life? What, what basically requires the largest amount of your attention in a way that's not pleasing your energy in a way that's not supportive, even your finances in a way that's not helpful. What do you consider the, the, the challenge that you'd most like to unburden yourself with. Do you know what that is right now? Do you have a sense of it? So that we can start to hold what it is that you would like to experience. So identifying, here's the challenges I'm experiencing it now, and what would I like it to be? So for me, the biggest challenge I have is there, there are... Um, such a, a, a load of administrative details that it, it's very challenging for me. I feel like my role in the ministry is mostly as an administrator, mostly. That's what I focus my attention on is the, the channeling of information and data and 
paying bills and things like that. And that I'd like to have my job be mostly that I'm uh, teaching, sharing, and uh, supporting people in moving through things and, and being uh, a minister rather than an administrator. So um, that's my biggest challenge right now. So uh, as an example of what, where I am and what I'd like, I'd like to have someone else be doing or some other group of people doing <laughs> the administration. Did you raise your hand, Rich? Or are you just waving? Okay. <laughs> uh, and um, so uh, who would like to share? Anybody like to share what you're, you're, you're going to make your project or maybe you've already decided you're doing it now? Anybody? Rich. Okay, so um, I don't know if this is my final outcome or not, but what came to me in the, it, and you said that, were three things, fear, and uh, I guess connected with that is the need to be right and the need to defend, you know, in terms of those things. So I think it's all about fear and changing my thinking so that I'm free of fear. And then all the need to be right and need to defend will fall away. But I think it's that that concept. Anyway. Beautiful. So what there was need to be right, and I didn't quite hear what the other one was. Need to defend. Need to defend. Which yeah. Defend yeah. Which you know, if you feel fearful, then you have a need. Yeah. To defend, so. Well, I can certainly relate to both of those. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very much. Karen? I actually did the activation with Anne, yeah, but she didn't record it, and I would like to do it again uh, with the recording because I went into a zone and... Yeah. Yeah, but uh, what I recall was that uh, trust. That's all. Beautiful. Yeah, so if we, if you just, both of you, if you just think of what would be the biggest difference in your life that it would make if you had the trust uh, and uh, Rich, it sounds like trust is an issue for you as well, that the um, trusting that you're in some ways, but if, if you didn't have these issues, what difference would it make in your lives? What would be, how would you feel? How would it tangibly affect you? Well, I think for me, I'd uh, be much more peaceful, uh, be a better listener, uh, be a more compassionate friend, uh, those kinds of things. Yeah. Karen? Yeah, so for me, it's not about getting trust. It's about removing my barriers to trusting. And it's about just being willing to identify over and over again the things yeah. that I... I'm using as barriers to knowing that I'm always safe. Everything's unfolding for my good. I mean, the things that we talk about all the time, then it becomes less about what happens in form and just much more about knowing that this is, this is the journey I'm on. This is perfect. I know that so well. I know that so very well. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and, and you know what I can say to both of you and to everyone here, in my personal experience, I used to spend so much time and energy going over and over and over in my mind compulsively, like a hamster on a wheel, defending myself, making my arguments of how I'm so right and how others are so wrong and um, looking for uh, what it felt to me like, oh, that's could be an attack. That could be somebody trying to make me wrong or, uh, and, and I just invested so much of my time and energy in that. And uh, people I think I just wrote a blog about this yesterday <laughs> for today might even be my blog for today really is that it's, it just wasn't an effective use of my time and I invested so much time in it. And I also, because I needed to be right about everything, I was always creating arguments and fights and resentments and, and uh, agitation all around me, which then I had to manage and cope with all of that and, uh, or avoid it. it just, it was so time and energy consuming. And uh, I have so little of that now. Carla. I got it. Okay. Um, yeah. I was, it's interesting because I'm glad you said that, Karen, is because uh, – I can't even find my notes from my activation session. It wasn't recorded. And I, I felt probably because I wasn't ready to really fully, that didn't remember. But I think it doesn't matter. That's the power of it. Is it? I think it's happening right now. I think this stuff is happening right now. I don't have to know what about it i don't have to plan and think and and do all this stuff and it came to me whenever you asked in another class what and this was the thing that came to me because i couldn't remember and i looked for it and i couldn't find it and is it and what came to me at the time is is relying on appearances to decide what something is and that's that's what this this illness is that's what this car thing is that's what um and even the fact that people call me up and offer me support i can even think about that it means i am something right i am this is something and it's just like so everything is really i think this is all part of it so i don't know i i really think it really it, attributes to the to me the power of the activation session that you don't really have to know but to allow I don't know that's oh. yeah no that, that, it's very well said Carla I think that's an extremely important thing to be aware of and it's because of our intention because we we make a decision in the experience Oh yeah, I can now that I can see this challenge more clearly. Now that I've been willing to look at how it's really affecting me, and what would it be like to do it differently, I think I'm gonna go for it. Hence, that's why I, I was asking Spirit, how can I help people 
to get more activated. And then all of this download came in and then I realized, ah, okay, activation session. So that's the thing. I, it, it is for activating people, even if it's a less conscious activation, even if you don't have the recording and you didn't write it down and you could do another activation session where you have the recording and you do write it down. You know, it's, it's a, it's a new thing. And so we're, um, we're learning. I want to say one more thing. So I'm on this list. I'm actually, I'm scheduled. I don't know if I'm already signed up for it Monday, right? So I have no idea. So my, my mind says, you don't you remember what you did. You, you felt right, whatever, all the stuff that likes to tell me. I'm like, uh, I don't know if someone signs up, I'm doing it. I have no idea what I'm with, like, I'm not telling my, it's not true. I don't know. I have any idea. I, maybe this Carla self doesn't have to know, but I'm just allowing spirit to, to is in charge, putting it in charge. And so, I mean, I, I can feel the fear too, but it's not real unless I, I want to give it my time and attention, you know, whatever. Believe it. And so, I don't know. That's all. I, I just, and why I was prompted to say that, very blessed. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Lars. Just would like to share that for me, the biggest challenge is setting boundaries, setting clear boundaries. I've discovered this. Uh, one day ago. It's really interesting. I made a very strange experience. We talked on Tuesday and you gave me or you sent me an email about Venerable during a seminar in Germany and I read this email and it was really interesting. It sounds a little bit strange, but it was as if she was spiritually alive. <laughs> it's very strange. Afterwards, after I look at it, I felt clear guidance to come to the seminar and I felt that there was a download of what is really important for me. I got the information to really work on setting boundaries the next year. This is extremely important. And the day afterwards, we went to our family consultant. I'm with my wife and I found this exactly this subject that came up and it's really interesting. And so... <laughs> Very strange experience because afterwards I uh, I got the guidance to re-listen to Venerable's classes again. I got the impression that when I re-listen to it, I with a different uh, consciousness, I get more out of it. This is really extremely interesting for me. So I really can say for my next year setting boundaries and I have problems with on the one hand being compassionate and forgiving, on the one hand and on the other hand. Uh, establishing clear boundaries what I when I don't feel uh, connected to my heart sometimes what other people are doing. This is really work for next year I'm feeling. And so this activation testing would be great for me too. Yes, yes. Yeah, well, one of the most challenging things for me in my life has been, Lars, is you know what I call the dysfunctional compassion, which really hmm. is a, a kind of a codependency. Hmm. It's a type of codependency where I let people uh, treat me in a way or behave in a way that's not really helpful to them or to me. 
That's codependency. Yeah, exactly. This is also my challenge. It's mm -hmm. work with my pupils and also with my youngest son. It's part of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, children will definitely teach everyone about codependency. Mm -hmm. Right, Rich and Karen? <laughs> yeah. Oh, hang on, Karen. I'm sorry. Can you not hear me? I, I just unmuted you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I would agree. It's just, um, I see those as opportunities to identify my projection in the world. So if someone is treating me in a way that I don't like, or if one of my children is doing whatever, my adult children, my grandchildren, I really am practicing now just owning that as a projection a judgment that I'm projecting out that is really a projection or a self-judgment. Have I ever been this way? Have I, I was thinking about that, Jennifer, when you were talking about the jerkers and the, and the jerkers and the workers and the jerkers and whatever. And I thought, well, I've shirked things. And, you know, I, I, you know, my mind is going back to self-examination and bringing it to light so that I can be truly aware of when, what is seems to be happening out here is an opportunity for me to see with God's eyes rather than with my eyes and to release my judgment around it. So um, that's what I mean about trusting is trusting that everything that is happening is happening for my healing and good. There is no out there. That's right. It's in here. Yeah. Well said. Thank you. All right. Um, I see that we lost Linda, uh, but I know she's um, letting people know when they can make appointments for activation sessions. And um, uh, so we have one more class next week. And, uh, and would anybody like to share anything uh, now, anything more before we close out? Karen? Yeah, one more thing, and that is uh, as we close out next week, um, I personally would appreciate knowing who's going forward and who might not so that if there's anyone who's not going forward uh, in Masterful Living, we have a chance to have some appreciation and closure and yeah of course yeah so maybe not everyone may have made a decision by then but if if so they can let us know if you're going to be anybody thinking that they're not going to continue next year who's not going to be here next week all right Just yeah. One other thing, uh, Robin didn't know, and many of you may not know that Kazi has been India in India this whole time, which is why she hasn't been on the calls. She comes back on Monday, so she ought to be here next week. Yeah, great. Yeah, Kazi goes to India every year at this time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and don't forget, too, one of the things next year 
for those who are interested, we're going to apply this the study buddy program for those who would like to complete the workbooks and really dive into the workbooks with companionship with mighty companions. I don't know exactly how that's all going to roll out, but we'll figure it out. We are figuring it out. So for those of you who, uh, cause a lot of people, uh, you know, some people do everything in the workbook. Some people do some and, Everybody's in a different place with the journals. So uh, just to, to let you know, that's one of the things that's on the docket for um, next year. Anybody who was not a facilitator of a circle this year going to be one next year or participate in the program next year for the first time? Robin. Hang on, Robin. I got in touch with Sheila and asked to be in the orientation class. I didn't sign up, but I'm going at my own pace, but she was uh, willing for me to um, be in the orientation. So I've taken that step. That's great. Mm -hmm. I love the buddy study idea. Oh my gosh, that's the best. Well, we can actually thank um, Lori and Linda for that because they did that with their Finding Freedom journal and uh, then they decided to do it with their Masterful Living ones and they have enjoyed it so much yeah. that I said, and when they told me about it, I said, we want that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that 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 is uh, excellent. I don't know what else to say. I feel like that is a real good move. It is a real good move. Yeah. Yeah. So people can do that. And, I, you know, my feeling is if, if you've, you know, if you'd like to do that next year, but you're not in class, go for it. You know, go for it with your prayer partners. Your prayer partners for as long as you'd like to be prayer partners at this level. And, Jerry, if you have any inkling to be a facilitator and you think you can't because of your schedule, Remember that facilitators, they pick the day and time that they'd like to do their circle. We, we don't impose it upon you. You decide. So if you knew that there were certain days that you really didn't usually work and you wanted to do it then, uh, you could. Just saying. All right. Anybody like to share anything else? All right. Yeah, so um, uh, Lydia, I can send that to you too if you're interested. Um, I'll send it out to the Europeans that Venerable's going to be in Germany in uh, end of March, early April. Just doing a, a, a two-day thing and a four-day. You can do two days or you can do four days. And I have to say, having done many things with her, just being in the room with her, in my experience, I have a healing. Just being in the room with her. And um, uh, I said to her this, this summer, actually, uh, and I've said this to her many times before, but uh, and to many of her students before, because she'll do, we'll do um, practice together and meditation together. 
and uh, chanting together and things um, when we're together and, and she's teaching, she'll do all of that. So everybody's, you know, high vibration to receive the teaching. And um, so we always do that prep to receive the teaching uh, at a higher vibration. And the, um, I always have said to people, I feel like when we're in the meditation and those practices preparing for the teachings, or even sometimes she'll, she'll lay a teaching on us and then she'll say, okay, now we're going to meditate. And I always feel that during those meditative times, I feel like she goes in there with a scrub brush into our aura, into our chakras, and she's like scrubbing this and scrubbing that away and like, oh, they don't need this, like Quimby, you know, just like, oh, get this out of here and this and this and this and this and this can go. And um, it, it always just feels so uh, expansive to me. So this summer I said to her, I said, that's what it feels like you're doing to me. You're just in there and you're scrubbing away on us, you know, the false beliefs. I said, is, is that in fact what you are doing? And she smiled and she nodded and she said, yeah, that's it. So um, now, but you might remember the teaching that I give every year in year one about her and the hummingbird and the joy. Do you remember hearing that? How I, I, you know, I said, you know, can we just take things off of people like that? And she said, well, you, you can if they're willing, you know, to let it go. She said, but most people just grab it right back again. Mm -hmm. The trick is to really be mindful not to hold it on to it and not to, to, to keep it. And this, of course, is what we know. It's what we practice in Masterful Living, watching, being mindful. Am I taking it off the altar? Am I grabbing it back again? Am I willing to fully let it go now and forever? So, um, and I, so I say this also to the people who are in the United States, you know, because she does, uh, she does peacekeeper teachings twice a year. It's a weekend in Vermont. And then she does the summer seminar every year, and that's uh, like a week in Vermont. And so, you know, and then there's the elders gathering and all these different things. You can go and be with her. So if it calls to you, there are many opportunities to do that healing work with her. And I know that she, because I do it myself, when she's giving a class, she intends for everybody who listens to have a healing even if they don't understand what the heck she's talking about. Yeah. All right. So let's take that breath of love and gratitude. So grateful and thankful to open our hearts and minds to infinite love, divine wisdom, true intelligence as the foundation and the core of our very being. Perfect love. Perfect wisdom perfect wholeness, perfect beauty, perfect truth, awake and alive. We are so grateful to join together with each other, with the Holy Spirit, to seek the kingdom first and to experience everything being added unto us and sharing the benefits with everyone. So this is how we go forth. More willing, more available, more ready, more tuned in and tapped in, more available for the power and the presence of love to shine through our countenance, through our words and the activities of our life, the very vibration of our being. 
we are truly sharing the benefits with all because we live in this field of unity, this field of oneness and allness. In gratitude, we allow the healing to fully be now and forever. We declare it's done, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Much love to you. Bye for now. Thank you.